Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week, in preparation for Sabbath, October 24th, we look at Lesson 4, The Eyes of the Lord, The Biblical Worldview. Join us as we dig deeper into how we can ensure our perspective is as closely aligned to Scripture as possible. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, here we go for uh, Sabbath, October 24th, Lesson 4, The Eyes of the Lord, The Biblical Worldview. And starting off here with our memory text this week, from the New King James Version, Proverbs 15, verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. Wow, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. It's nice to know that the uh, uh, omnipresence of the Lord is watching over everything and he knows everything. There's some comfort there, right, Michael? Absolutely, and I, I think this just really ties in to our overall theme of education, that yeah. um, how we view the world and our understanding of God's involvement in it is really kind of absolutely foundational to, to how our biblical worldview and our view of education. Yeah, so speak to us about a little bit for Sunday's lesson, the eyes of the Lord. Yeah, great, great um, question here. Um, there's a reference here. To Psalm 53 verse 1. There's actually several passages, but I'll just uh, briefly pause and, and read this one. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, Only fools say in their heart there is no God. They are corrupt and their actions are evil. No one does good. Uh, so in other words, um, there are different ways that people uh, approach the world and view the world around them. It says worldview. Yeah. And, you know, worldview is something that's just so basic to our outlook of how we view everything around us that it, these are just assumptions that we often take for granted. Yeah, yeah the, the lens through which we view life, right? Exactly. So here we have this kind of, um, and, and there's different lenses, and this is one of them. Um, there is no God. So, yeah. and that is a worldview. Yeah. Atheistic worldview is what, how we tend to call it today. But that is certainly a worldview uh, and a, a very... Uh, definite perspective of how the world looks and operates. It, you know, it, what's crazy is that a tone of the atheistic view has actually crept inside of the church as well. Mercy. Uh, yeah, I know, <laughs> right? Because we have some people that are there out of obligation. They're there because mm. it's traditional, mm -hmm. but they're struggling with their belief in God. And therefore, they have a view of, I don't know if God's really there, but in case he is, I'm here but it's actually carried into the church. So we have to be very careful, right? Wow. So are, am I hearing you say, Buster, that it's possible to be a Christian and not have a biblical worldview? Yes. <laughs> right? Uh, and yeah. a, a large portion of this is the fact that we have so many that are biblically illiterate, right? Wow. To have a biblical worldview, you have sure. to know the Bible. <laughs> and so therefore, people that are attending church just doesn't... Just listening to sermons doesn't mean that you have a biblical worldview. It means that you have your pastor's worldview. Mercy. Which wow. can sometimes be dangerous, right? Yeah, well, you know, uh, pastors can serve a good role um, at times, but certainly God expects us to, each of us, work out our own fear, our own salvation with fear and trembling. Yes. Um, so God has some expectations that we all have our own responsibility. Yeah, so I, I, if you don't mind, I want to transition yeah, to Monday's ahead. lesson, mm -hmm. and it's going to give us an idea of why do we believe what we believe? How, how can we believe in this biblical worldview? 
and it starts off with basically creation. Mm. Uh, the the author of this week's lesson talks about uh, Levinus's question, which mm -hmm. is why is there something instead of nothing? And uh, of all the texts that I read here, I want to go to Job 12, verse 7 through 10. And it, it says this, uh, it, it shares this, it says, But now ask the beast, and, and they will teach you, and the birds of the air, and they will tell you, or speak to the earth, and it will teach you, and the fish of the sea will explain to you, who among these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this, and whose hand is the life of everything, and the breath of all mankind. So there we see in the beginning, right? There was nothing. Uh, the Word uh, created everything was created through Jesus Christ. That He created, He instituted the Sabbath, the seven day cycle for us. So God, as our Creator, is the reason why there is something instead of nothing. Mm -hmm. From that is the foundation from which we can believe in the miracles. The, that we can believe in the very pro, uh, production of, of bringing together the word, right? Mm -hmm. But starting with, there is something that came from nothing because of the hand of God. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, also, Michael, as I was looking there and it's talking about creation, uh, I think it was uh, your, your good friend from the Geological Institute. Oh, Tim Standish. Tim Standish yeah. that shared with us mm -hmm. uh, how, because of that, Right. If we can believe in the creational power of God, mm -hmm. then we can actually believe in the miraculous power of Jesus. Right. Wow. And if we don't and we disconnect that, then there's also a disconnect with ultimately belief in higher power, yeah. but not just higher power, belief in God, the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I'd be kind of remiss. I mean, it's talking about evolution, some of these other kinds of things, but all of these are kind of date back to the Enlightenment where yes. people began yeah. to separate, you know, science from religion, this kind of artificial distinction between the two that they are somehow against each other. And, and, um, and when people started doing that, at least some people started doing that, then they could actually start saying, well, then um, science is, is very different. So that separating of the worldviews uh, is, is actually really quite uh, significant. Uh, and where you start to see sort of the secular uh, worldview that over time, uh, you know, uh, naturalistic, looking for a naturalistic explanation yeah. for origins, which it's is true. where you get evolution, where you get all these other kinds of attempts at trying to explain our reality, our cosmology. How do we know what's real around us? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, as uh, as you said that, I remember Christ's objects lesson. Mm -hmm. uh, science and the Bible do not uh, conflict; yeah. they coincide. Mm -hmm. And she says the three greatest uh, treasures that we have mm -hmm. that all work together is man's experience. Mm -hmm. We have the Word of God, the yeah. Bible, and yeah. then we have uh, we also have science. Yes, and all the all three of these work together to prove and show there is a Creator. Beautiful. Yeah. It's something about that harmony between all of those. And I yes. think um, that's really where this lesson's focused on. So on Tuesday, to segue a little bit yes, over. Yes, please, let's go. Uh, you know, that's it's just coming right back to this, that this is reinforcing that God created the earth, that God created human beings, that there's a explanation. While we may not have all of the details of how all of this worked out, and there's a lot of different theories out there and everything else, uh, the, the most basic difference is a biblical worldview postulates that God is actually responsible for creation, for the fact that we have life and the fact that we have human beings. And so 
Um, and in these texts here that are, are listed for us, that it's asking the question, what truths are found in the following text that can help us understand the reality that we exist in? Mm-hmm. Basically, it's giving kind of a smorgasbord yeah. of <laughs> different too. viewpoints here. Um, uh, Galatians 6.12, just as an example, is kind of what you were talking about before about Christians. Some Christians, if we dare say, are, are being atheistic, you know. Um, but it's basically talking about people being circumcised, but circum- circumcised, if I can, getting tongue-tied here. Um, but are, they're doing it for one reason, and that's they don't want to be persecuted. In other words, they're doing religious things, so they give the appearance of being religious because it makes them feel better or prevents them from being persecuted kind of thing. So it's an outward religion, but it's not a, an inward religion. An internal word, right? Exactly. Uh, Mark... 13 verse 7 is talking about wars and rumors of wars. So I, I, I thought about that. Well, again, we're talking about basically different religious motivations. And some people follow God out of fear. You know, they're afraid of bad things happening to them. So if they could only be religious, um, then they hope yeah. bad things won't happen to them, right? Yeah, they're, they're hoping, right? Yeah, they're hoping. Because, <laughs> I mean, if they actually pay attention to the Bible and look at all the biblical characters, there's <laughs> a lot of bad things that happen to God's people. Oops, keep reading. <laughs> Oops, yeah, yeah. So, but the, and by the way, the difference is, is God's with you through those a- bad amen, things. Amen, you know, amen. Right? Just a little side, side note there. Uh, Romans 5 verse 8 gives what I think is probably the what I would say is the closest to what I understand to be a biblical worldview. God demonstrating his love for us that while we were sinners, Christ died, died for, for us. us. Amen. Um, and I, I think that's really the, the biblical worldview. It's not just understanding all of these biblical facts, but really believing that there is a loving Father in heaven that created us and cares for us. Amen. And he's, he's, he's involved in our everyday lives. And mm-hmm. I think this is the point that a lot of people don't understand. It's, we're not deists. He did not mm-hmm. wind us away and then just throw a, a ball of, of earth into space and Mercy. we're just drifting, right? <laughs> yeah. he, he actually cares. That's why he says, mm-hmm. I know the sparrow that fell on the ground. Mm. I know the, the lilies of the field. And yeah. I, how much more so will I not clothe you? Will I be with you? Will I empower you? Yeah. But uh, uh, also think of Hebrews eleven six. We have to believe that he's there and that he's real. Mm. So these rewards actually come, right? And the reward is not always that we'll be comfortable. Love the it. reward is that he'll be with us and he'll 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 utilize us for a service. Yeah. Well, I think this leads us right into Wednesday's lesson, which it, is it from does. a biblical worldview to how do we worship the Redeemer, Buster? And worshiping the Redeemer. And uh, John one, I love John chapter one, mm-hmm. one through fourteen. So I said uh, last week that I've been going over John chapter one with my son. We got through uh, half of it, and I was amazed as as he's sharing with me some insights that he got. Because I'm wondering, what did you really get out of this? You know, he's, yeah. he's seven now. Yeah. Uh, but it says, what are these texts telling us about who Jesus was and what he has done for us? Well, there, he is the creator, right? Uh, nothing yeah. was created uh, except through him. Yeah. It also talked about him being the light and him shining that light. And as a result of that, uh, darkness and man was actually pushed out. But then we get there to verse 14, and the word was full of grace and truth. And we see all these different things that Jesus is the one who is working to redeem us by via plan, right? This is not something that was extemporaneous. This was planned for God uh, through Jesus, through Jesus Christ, who is Jesus Christ, to be our redeemer. And so, I, I, I please, I urge the audience, please go out, read John one, uh, one through fourteen, so you can as well relive this because I was excited as I was going back over this. Yeah, you know, it just reminds me when we realize what an awesome God we have and how unselfish and how loving and amazing 
um, all those good characteristics, it just humbles us and say, you know, it just makes me want to bow and awe and say, God, you are just truly amazing and worthy of my worship. Amen. Um, Amen. Yeah. Now there's a couple more insights. We're going to get into John 1, 1 through 14. Yeah. But we'll get into that next uh, next lesson. There'll be a little bit more in lesson five. So it's a little teaser say, for next week. Exactly. I'll save some of those lessons. So Michael, <laughs> tell us a little bit more about the law of God on Thursday's lesson. Absolutely. Well, if we're talking about a biblical worldview, and, you know, the, the law of God is a foundation of his character and of the universe. So it's, it's really just descriptive. I mean, the laws that we have uh, are for a reason, for a purpose that they exist. And they reflect upon a whole um, government. You know, and, of course, that's a, a big thing right now. We've got the election going Ooh. on. Um, it's high stakes and there's it strong is. feelings anytime you start talking about politics, right? <laughs> and, uh, and we can't help that because that's how... As human beings, we relate to one another, and and we should, you know, uh, care about the world around us. But uh, and and the politics even. But that's that's a little side there. But um, but the law reflects um, the government, and 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 this is where I think it ties in um, with a biblical worldview. Is that there is a moral government of God? There's a moral system. There's a moral framework that we have to understand that God doesn't do anything apart from who He is and and what He represents. You know, God is a God of love. So that's yes. a principle of the law. That means that God is not a God of hate. No, He's not. He can't be, no matter what. No, because He is by definition love, and that is. The law of God, and there's a, a number of beautiful texts here that are described all the way back to the Old Testament, uh, Deuteronomy chapter six, verse five. Which, by the way, this passage Jesus quotes um, several times. Yes, he does. Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Mm. What a beautiful description of God's character and His law and the moral government of God. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, as you're as even as you're speaking there and. He elaborates a little bit more. I, I see there in Mark 12, uh, 29 through 31. And yeah. he adds on it to it, which says in Leviticus, mm -hmm. uh, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and we see here that that law, and I, I know sometimes we get so worried about hearing that. Uh, we're afraid of being called legalist. Yeah. But at the same time, we're, we're afraid of, of not obeying, right? And yeah. the, you see there, the key to there is that we're doing it all in love. Yeah. Because God is love. When we're obeying the law, when we're doing great things for our neighbors, for our brothers and sisters in Christ, and not in Christ, we're yeah. doing it for the motivation of care, of service, servitude towards others. And I also like that there's a reference to Revelation 14, verse 12, Ooh, describing yes. the restoration of God's law at the very end of time. Yes. God's people. And uh -huh. we tend to think right away, well, that's the people that are keeping the Seventh-day Sabbath because they're restoring God's law and keeping the true Sabbath. But, but it's more than just keeping the right day. It actually symbolizes a relationship. And so God's people at the end of time are are significant because they have the clearest depiction and understanding. I think Ellen White makes this very clear in Great Controversy. They just understand and see who God truly is so well yeah. that out of that, they are fully in. Yes, uh, you know, and I, I love this because you you, mm -hmm. you hit the nail on the head there, Michael, which yeah. is, yes, this is towards the end of time, right? Mm -hmm. But this is also throughout time. This, yeah. this takes place. Yeah. Uh, there's been many patients of the saints, right? Which is enduring with joy, right? Yeah. Of the saints yeah. are those who keep the commands of God and the faith of Jesus. Yeah. And not all those, do I dare say, were, were, were Sabbath keepers. <laughs> yeah. Right? How do, how do we know this? 
Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. Yeah. That the reformers, we talked about this earlier. Yeah. They were led by God, and not all of them, not all of them have the Sabbath truth yet, right? Yeah. But they're yeah. fully walking according to the light that they have been given. Mm-hmm. All right. And the Sabbath is not the thing that saved them; it was Christ that saved them. But we find out today that we have. Uh, we don't get the 10% discount, <laughs> so I like to call it, right? Right. God has given us this, but it's not to save us, mm-hmm. but to for our, our joy here on earth. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that kind of wraps up this week's lesson on a, a biblical worldview, because all of this is leading ultimately to our education in this life. Um, and the best education we can possibly have is grounded in that biblical worldview. Yeah, and I, and I pray... That uh, as we uh, ask ourselves our, this question, and actually yeah. the ones to ask this question to would be our loved ones and say, mm-hmm. do you think I have a biblical worldview? <laughs> oh, my. Oh, ouch, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Now, maybe you ask that to yourself, and we, if you know the answer is no, you can start correcting that. Yeah. Start picking up the word and apply a biblical principle to your life every single day. Yeah. And I promise you, your, your mind and your worldview will change to become a biblical one. And it's no, there's, you know, it's... It's never too late. It's never too late to start to make that decision. Say, you know, God, I want you engaged in my life. I want uh, to. I want you to be my Lord and Savior, and uh, and say, you know, I I want to really get grounded in uh, in that biblical worldview. Amen. Amen. Well, I think that puts a wrap for this week. So this is Sue and Swoops signing, signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahoo.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.